Welcome to episode 104 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the gun culture. Today I have Chris from CloverTech on, but before we talk to him, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Falco Holsters is my go-to for holsters. I absolutely love these things because when I go to the website, order it, they'll hand make it and deliver in about 10 days. I mean, really, a handmade holster in about 10 days you're going to love these things. Check out Falco Holsters and use the checkout code BANSHEE to save yourself 10%. Because at Falco Holsters, they can make a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. And that's what it's about, quality. Now, this is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Gun without ammo, pretty useless tool. Need ammo, need gun put the two together, got a great time, right? Definitely go check out Ammo Squared. It's time to stock up on ammo because we all knew the craziness that just happened and we couldn't get ammo. Well, not a bad time to rectify that problem for the next time we have this problem. Go check out Ammo Squared because it's time to stock up on ammo and you can also bank in ammo I have a podcast about that. It was the last episode, 103. Go check that out. Now with the bills paid, it's time to talk to Chris. Chris, tell me about your love of guns. Hey, man. Uh, it's Chris with Clover Tech. What's up? Uh, yeah. Uh, do podcasting, YouTube videos, of course, other platforms, video platforms other than YouTube, social media. Um, hey, do a little bit of creator helper work as well. Uh, man, if it, uh, if it's firearm related, I'm probably into it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. That's always a hard question. What do you do? Like, I, what do you do? Well, for the audience, just understand that Chris is one of the few people that I actually call a friend. Um, he's, he's helped me out so much with the channel. Um, that it's just like, Hey man, you know, I, I got this question or I've got this problem man you're like right on it you've you've helped out so much and then i've seen behind the scenes you helping out other creators all along as well i mean you yeah. created logos uh there was a logo that you created at like two o'clock in the morning while you were helping me get into poma <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah so yeah. that was for uh for joe from shooting gallery new england um yeah. now now soon to be i i don't know what he's going to call his channel now but I yeah i mean Shooting gallery, new, new Florida or new, new Florida. Yeah, new, <laughs> is there a new, I don't know. They were called new Spain. Maybe Florida at one time was, there I don't go. know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Old Florida. Maybe I think that's old more fit. I think it's more fitting for Florida. It's supposedly a lot of old people down there. So there is, there is. Yeah. Um, yeah he's still using yeah, the he, same logo, which is, he is. It, it's yeah. so funny. Uh, He's just, he just hasn't had time to switch that thing over yet. Yeah. Um, but yep. yeah, no, it's, I've known, I mean, you've helped creators small and large, all, you know, all the way every, up. Almost every day of every week, bro. Almost every yeah, day he, of every week. I've, I've actually got a, and I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, as of the it'll, time we're recording. It'll air Sunday. As of the so time we're, we're recording, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, there you go. Um. Uh, yeah, a week from today, actually, I've got a uh, YouTube policy summit. So nice. I uh, have been blessed to be privy to connections and contacts on a lot of different things that um, 
I mean, it's almost selfish to utilize that just for myself. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Cause there, uh, I mean, that's, and that's the weird thing about YouTube, especially when you're mon you're a monetized channel, there's two sets of policies that you need to balance out more than that. Just but the two, two that's yeah. vastly important. Yeah. Yeah. So there, those, I mean, and that's what people don't understand that happens behind the scenes is there are reasons why we film videos certain ways. We talk certain ways because we need to balance so many what? things out. Why do you show that? Why do you show clearing the gun? We're not stupid. Yeah. We know. It's like, yeah, it's not for yeah. you, dude. Like, yeah. Not, not, not yeah. There is, a, there are reasons why we do certain things and then yeah. people just don't understand that. And, um, I mean, that's, what's always the nice about people, you having the people that are loyal do. I think the people that yeah. are loyal that watch you regularly or watch any type of firearm content created regularly. I think they, I think they get it. I think they understand. Yeah. Yeah, because you always get you always get that just a hole that's like, I don't understand why you do this, and it's like, yeah, you're right, you don't understand, so yeah. go go away, you know. Yeah. Yep, but you know, back to your policy thing, yeah, monetization policy, community policy, um, and honestly, if you follow monetization policy, um, you're gonna you're be okay safe for community. yeah, 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 because yeah. it monetization policy is much more strict, so. Um, but, you know, there, there are other things in play. And, and I think the one thing that gun tubers, firearm content creators, whatever you want to call them, I think one of the big pitfalls, and I think moving forward, this is going to be even more important. My ears are itching and I can't get to it. Um, <laughs> is that um, oftentimes as firearm content creators, we have a specific policy, right, that applies to us. And we don't tend to look at other policies that affect us as well there's lots of things from harmful acts to uh sensitive subjects to language to potentially uh nudity lewdness i don't want to say yeah. hardcore stuff but chicks in bikinis shooting guns right like right. that could be problematic under a whole different policy it has nothing to do with firearms so i uh, gotta pay attention to all that i mean that could that could be you know a possible you know, nudity issue and a safety issue because usually you ah, see true. some of these videos, you got some yeah. chick shooting a, a shotgun with no stock and hitting herself in the head in a bikini. Yeah. There's like yeah. two policies right there that you got to balance out. Well, um, yeah, I was in, uh, uh, in on some of that stuff with YouTube a week or two ago, I guess. And um, they were getting pressure. There was a couple of articles that was released uh left leaning i don't want to say left leaning anti gun anti 2a leaning uh every town was one of them every town wrote one of the articles and the other one i can't remember the group wasn't moms for sure but i don't remember the name of the group um anyway and they were complaining about the dangerous and harmful acts policy and YouTube not enforcing it properly with a lot of different channels, not just firearm channels, but predominantly because it was Evertown and anti-gun yeah. things. Uh, violence, you know, they used that term. Um, and they they cited several videos and several channels that a lot of folks out there are probably familiar with. Uh, you know, videos and titles like 50 BMG versus the human head, you know. Yeah. And things like that. And, and they were really pressuring YouTube. 
that, hey, you know, you've got a dangerous, harmful axe. People are, you know, doing this type of stuff with firearms and they're sensationalizing it, you know, and there was a lot of conversation. Uh, You know, I don't I don't know that any immediate action is going to happen. It certainly did not seem from my perspective. Doesn't seem like YouTube is just jumping to appease those those folks in those articles. Um, I mean, who knows? But, um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it, it probably doesn't look great. Um, yeah. And they were they were primarily talking about the video, 50 BMG versus the human head. 50 BMG versus a watermelon, right? Could be a little yeah. bit a little bit less abrasive, I think, or less out there. Of course, it's probably not going to get as many clicks. And quite honestly, yeah. to the point of every town in them, it's probably not going to get as much youth viewers, right? Like kid yeah. viewers. We know that a lot of the channels that do that, right? They, yeah, um, you know, they've got a lot of kids as their audience, and and so I, I I under I don't agree, but I understand where the complaints coming from and why they're they're going after YouTube the way they are. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's one of them things where, you know, YouTube age restricts. And so if you've got a kid account under 13, right, a YouTube kids account, you're not going to be able to see certain things anyway. Right. Uh, and then if those kids are watching that, you know, 13 or older or even under, the vast majority of kids watch on a parent's account. That's a parenting problem. That's not a YouTube problem. That's not a content creator problem. Well, Again, that's a parenting problem. <laughs> it's no different. And you're never going to solve that. Yeah. It's, it's no different than leaving your TV unlocked on Cinemax on Friday yeah. night and letting the kid, yeah. kid watch exactly. it. Right? I mean, exactly. I mean, yep. Not having your ratings locked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Same scenario. And then, and then, you know, people getting mad at, you know, uh, the cable company or whatever it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like well, it's not their not their place to to do that. Uh, parents need to be parents, uh, and that's the thing is that they, I don't, uh, you know, I'm going to overgeneralize here, but basically they don't. When we when we have a problem, they don't. They there there's a lack of parenting. They think parents think that they send their kids off to school. It's the school's fault. You know, the school's going to deal with this stuff, right? Yeah, and then when there's an issue, then the parents are mad that school didn't solve the issue when it's like. There, there's something deeper here by the time that has come to surface it when they're uh-huh. at school. Um, i.e., I mean, you, you're not, you're not parenting. I mean, I know I can think about when I was a kid. I mean, I, I, I specifically remember seventh grade. Um, my seventh grade teacher knocked me out of my chair one time. And I remember telling, I was like, man, I'm going to tell my dad. He goes, you go tell your dad what I did. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got home like, man, I, you know, teacher knocked me out of my chair. Why? He's, what happened? What were you doing? I got knocked. Yeah. I got knocked on. I got knocked on my yeah. butt. What did yeah. you do wrong? What did you do wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. I had, I had a, what was that? A first grade teacher. I mean, she was tough with a ruler, buddy. She would get you and you weren't looking. Uh, man. And I had a, I think a sixth grade, I had a coach, I think in sixth grade that had a, a shave down, plane down was done in woodshop actually one year this is a story playing down with holes drilled in it uh louisville slugger oh man you did not <laughs> you did not want to get licks from let got licks one time from 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 coach walker shout out do you think he's still around um 
Yeah, I guarantee you. you that's one time's enough, dude. You'll straighten up after that. Like, you nope. That's yeah. tough. I got a lot of licks in my life, and that that's I'll never yeah. forget. I'll never forget those. Yeah, that's now abuse of a, that's now child abuse. Um, um, there's some schools that are starting to bring that back. Um, yeah, they're starting to. Um, part of the problem is the parents not, and I get it, right? Like I, I mean, you're you're a parent, you're a grandparent. I, I, yeah, yeah, but it's but it's both sides. I get both sides in a way, right? Like, mm-hmm. old corporal punishment in school. A lot of us, you know, grew up with that it's nothing nothing new um but um i've had issues with my kids where there was disagreements with the teachers there was an issue with the teachers we'd have to go have parent teacher conference and of course the principal the guidance counselor other people in the meeting um and again it's not me it's talking about my kids but and my kids are grown by the way for anybody out there listening my youngest is 24 26 something in that nature anyway um and more often than not with my kids growing up, the teachers were in the wrong. The teachers sucked. And so I see the angle. I see the angle where I think corporal punishment, it's a lasting effect. It gets the point across uh, all of that kind of stuff. But then on this, on the flip side, it depends who on who's being accusatory and who is dishing out the corporal punishment is a problem too. So if we still had the type of teachers, I think when you and I were growing up uh, and a lot of folks out there think about this, like nowadays people and teachers get a bad rap, right? There's a lot of people that will go to bad. It's just like the thin blue line. There's a lot of people that um, just across the board will go to bad for teachers, but there's a lot of teachers and I know a lot of teachers that suck and many, many percentages more than back in the good old days, because yeah. now they go and they get a teaching degree. And this year they teach sixth grade math. Next year they teach ninth grade science. The following year they teach 10th grade geometry. You know what I mean? They're, they're all over the place. They're yeah. all over the place. When I went to school, like, your English teacher had read all the classics cover to cover many multiple times and could almost quote them. Yeah. Um, the math teacher was a walking calculator. The science yep. teacher was Bill Nye or you fill in the yep. blank, right? Like science, yep. uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, whatever. Um, yep. Like they were masters in their field. And even the coaches were that way. This is what was crazy. Like I had a coach. Uh, and the coaches, I think they're required, to, or at least back in the day, were required to teach one class or something weird like that. Um, and he taught history. And, oh, man, he was like the man when it comes to history. Yeah. Like, they all knew their stuff. and But they never taught anything else either, right? They, like, yeah. they were apt, or they had an aptitude for that particular subject. They went to college for that particular subject. And then they ended up teaching that particular subject and it's a much more yeah. different situation now the other issue is standardized testing that's that's all they teach nowadays yeah. it's it's read 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 ar here in texas anyway what they call ar which is advanced reading or i don't even remember what it's called but the kids get points for reading books and they get so many points depending on if it has chapters or how many pages it is and blah 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 yeah. and then they get so many points and they can spend these points in the ar bookstore and they get a 
snow cone party and just goofy crap like that, right? So they're yeah. pushing reading books, reading books, reading books. Well, I'm okay with reading books, but kids need to learn to read books for the enjoyment of reading books, first of yeah. all, not winning prizes and junk like that. And the second thing, like I said, pushing the AR books and then teaching from a test. And that's the reason they don't have specialized teachers nowadays i think in in those places anyway that that push the uh the standardized test is because all the teachers are doing is teaching the test that's yeah. that's it as simple exactly. as that. i you mean know, once the tests I, are taken it's watch movie day till the end of school yeah. or whatever which is silly yeah i mean if you know you you used to be in it um i'm still in it and and Going through some of these certific certification, you know, certifications we went through, because um, both of us held some of the same certifications. Um, yeah. You would go to a you know a prep class, and that's all they did. And even in the prep classes, taught you the test. Yeah, you know, and then you never, you know, because yeah. I remember going in, in my career, I would get we would get you know this is around two thousand where there were there were there those high schools were pushing kids through the Microsoft tests. Yeah. So they were coming out of high school with an MCSE. They were getting 60 grand a year right out of high school. And then those of us who had been yep. in the industry, were just sitting there like, dude, I can't keep doing your job for you. You know? Yep. You, you, you should you know, know how to do this stuff. It's funny. Um, I went and took, uh, went through everything for, and, and it was uh, through a junior college. It was their regional training and development center. So it was a different campus of the junior college. And it was two nights a week, I think, if I remember, or something like that. 17 grand. I do remember that very well <laughs> yeah. uh, for this course that ultimately, you know, led to MCSE. And I skipped class more than I went and ended up pretty much teaching tutoring in class others when I was there. Yeah. It was not challenging. Uh, and I, because I had already been doing what was being taught or talked about for yep. years, for years. Yeah. And so like, I knew everything. I, I, let me back up. I didn't know everything. Um, you, knew, you knew more, you knew more than the average student, but I knew enough about, I do enough of what they were teaching that I could pass everything without studying or anything like that. Um, now I've sort of been gifted to be able to do that. You know, elementary school, junior high, high school. Um, and I didn't graduate high school, but it wasn't because I was a dummy dum dum because I was, uh, I was all a honor roll. I went from basically all a honor roll to dropping out of high school. Um, and it was because there's just, it was, I, there was no challenge. I could, yeah, I could, I had already got a taste of the workforce and paychecks and making money. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, no, I, I get it. And it's like, you know what? If I go and basically the pathway back then was just to, now you can do an alternative school and actually graduate with your class and walk and do different things. Back then you dropped out, you took the GED and you went about your business, you know? So I didn't even go my senior yep. year. Um, summer after shortly after the my junior year ended uh challenged the ged and and that was that you know well it, it's funny because i remember talking to my mom it, it's weird talking to your parents when you're an adult right because yeah. you know, i remember talking to uh, to my mom about 
about stuff. And she goes, look, when you were a kid, you were a pain in the ass student. <laughs> she goes, you, you know, she goes, you, we had more parent-teacher conferences because you were what was considered a pain in the ass. And I'm like, well, what did I do? She goes, you dared to ask the question why. Uh-huh. You know, they would, a teacher would say something, and the first thing out of your mouth is why. You wanted to know the why, and, you know, because I was bored. I hated yeah. school. I was so bored. Yeah. And, um, like, I was listed as LD. So, and, you know, that, that same teacher that knocked me on my butt, and, and he figured me out, right? Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing LD about him. He's bored. Uh -huh. And my parents are like, well, these these doctors said this and that. And he goes, I'm telling you, these doctors are wrong. Because I've I've challenged him a little bit. He took the challenge. He took the bait, engaged, and then the second he was bored, he just climbed right back. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just I I hated school. It was it was uh -huh. so boring going through school because I'm just like, yeah, uh, yeah, I. I could number one weed through BS really quick. I learned that real young, uh -huh. and yeah. then yeah, and then I was I would always ask the question why. Well, I never uh, I could listen, I could listen and absorb and retain. And some people are not that way, and I'm not that yeah. way with everything. Sometimes you have to show me. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that way, and but me, you can get up and you can talk about whatever geometry algebraic equations science scientific terminology whatever it might yeah. be and i don't even have to be paying attention to you or, or back then anyway a lot different now um <laughs> i could literally work on homework from the previous class in that class while the teachers at the blackboard talking and actually, what and actually absorb yeah. that information and i would get in trouble oftentimes like what are you doing there, there? And I could repeat to them what they said. Well, you yeah. said this and that, or that, or that. And most of the time they left me alone. Uh, very rarely, if ever, did I ever bring home homework. Um, very rarely ever did I ever study for a test unless it was with friends or something like, hey, let's get together. And, and let's yeah. be honest, I was more there for like, you know, grilled burgers or something that their dad was doing and their mom's whatever cookies and yeah. we're going to shoot pool once we get done or something like i wasn't really there for the study. you're there for the social right like i'll yeah. go and i'll study with them even yeah. though i don't need it and then uh you know then we get to hang out but yeah i mean it's just there was no there was no challenge and part of it especially with with high school um things things i think started to shift then um, you know, I talk about the that specific class of teachers. Uh, elementary, junior high, I went to a very, very small school. Uh, and the teachers there were phenomenal. Uh, it got consolidated, went to high school at a, a much larger school that kind of absorbed that one when it closed down. Uh, and it was a different, I mean, it opened my eyes. And it was extremely, high school was extremely boring. One of the reasons is... Um, freshman and sophomore year i had the same exact books and not every single class because obviously there was different classes yeah. i was taking but in the ones that i did the uh, uh geometry for example biology some of those uh, 
same exact textbooks I had in sixth and in sixth and seventh and sorry, seventh and eighth grade in uh, in the small school. The, You're now retreading on the exact same content. Yeah. The small school I yeah. went to was two years ahead of the bigger school as far as the textbooks they were teaching in what grade it was. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And then, like I said, that eased up as far as that effect in my junior year, but still it wasn't any, it was, it wasn't any challenge. Wasn't anything there. Um, and, and honestly, even like sports and things like that weren't even a, a thing. Like all we did in this, in the smaller school was basketball. That was it. That was the only thing that was played. Well, let me take it back. Occasionally you would run track. Um, <laughs> But predominantly basketball, and that was it. Uh, and for the size, that school won many, many state championships over the years when it was around. Um, but then, you know, like I said, you get into a bigger school that offers all the sports, and there's lots more competition for those sports. And yeah. and I went out for that. I wanted to play basketball. And so it's like, okay, and... So it was all about football and it's, it's, it's Texas. It's high school that I get it. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Right. Not lots. I get it. Um, but the off season, basically they just ran us and ran us and ran us and ran us and ran us. And so after a year of that, I'm like, you know what? It is not worth, it's not worth that. They would run you until you couldn't hold down water. You know, literally, that's basically yeah. all you did was run while they worked with the football folks. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not worth it to play basketball. Like, I'm out. I'm not going to just run all year long to have a few months of playing basketball. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, and about I that just... time, about that time, I found working and making money and a lot of other things. <laughs> you know, and I like money. So, so. Well, so we've talked all about your childhood. When did shooting come into play? I don't know. Birth? Birth? Well, you were born in Texas, so uh, you, you guys are all born with a gun, I don't, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give a whole new uh, uh, meaning to the phrase breached lady. Right? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, unlike a lot of people, I know there's – you know, and, and I envy this a little bit for the folks that come to firearms and whatever later in life, because it's always the first, oh, the first gun I shot was so-and-so or this, that, and the other. And there's so many first, I don't remember. Like, I, I yeah. literally don't remember. Um, I mean, I can get close. You know what I'm saying? I can recall things that were early, but uh, as far as first, like, it's, it's, I can't, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you for sure. Um. I can remember cutting down on a, on a double barrel 10 gauge of my grandfather's and I was single digits in age probably at the time. So, uh, that definitely left and cutting down at some coyotes, uh, that, uh, that definitely left an impression. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I couldn't tell you, unfortunately. I mean, it's just been, they've always been there. It's always been a thing. I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's funny because I think about my past. It's somewhere around, uh, I was somewhere around seven when I was starting to be introduced into firearms. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I know what for, actually the first pistol I ever shot, I, I still have. Um, 
uh, in actually a lot of those guns from my childhood, I still have, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things of, um, I remember going to the right. I mean, it, I, I couldn't tell you the dates. I just knew it was somewhere around this time. It was going to the Rodden Gun Club, the Rodden Gun Club that we belong to in, in Pennsylvania. You had to put time to be a member. You had to put time into the range. So you had different committees. And I remember being on the refreshment committee and it was uh, Wednesday nights uh, we shot. Uh, it was trap night. So that yeah. was the night shoots. And then Saturday was the uh, trap trap days. So we worked because my, you know, my father and my uncle, they worked a concession stand for their, you know, for their hours to get their, their, their card signed off on. Mm-hmm. And I remember Wednesday night trap, uh, going shoot, you know, shooting trap. And what was so funny, I remember cause Thursday was gym day. And I remember coming in with like a bruised shoulder and well, you know, that set off like the teachers like, well, what's going on? Right. Like I was out shooting trap. Like, why were you shooting it? Why were you shooting a gun? I mean, in, in, you know, this is, uh-huh. you know, this is, never yeah, this is the early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this, this is when that wow. shift started happening, but you know, it's, it, it didn't, it, it, you know, it didn't lead to anything, but you know, now I can just imagine the kid saying he was handling a gun. Oh my God. You had the cops at your house. My, you know, my youngest daughter, I, you know, the, the older two, um, weren't really into stuff, you know, the, the firearms and stuff and shooting sports big enough. The youngest daughter was absolutely, uh, you know, 110%. And so, um, she had zero issues though with school. I will I will say that. Um, as far as from the Second Amendment, you know, firearm owner using firearms angle of things. Uh, now was that because she was an excellent student, right? I think she think well, matter of fact, I know she graduated in the top ten. Um, maybe, you know, good student, never caused trouble. You know, and part of the shooting sports also was for her was, um, uh, what am I thinking? Community service or whatever, right? Like yeah. that that's type of thing. So she was always out and about and around and doing, um, always in the paper for this, that, and the other and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe that played a role. I don't know. Um, the most well, hassle, the most hassle. It could just be Texas, right? <laughs> well, it could be, it could be, and it yeah. could be the particular school district, but, yeah. uh, the most hassle I think she's ever had, I never had any at all, period. I mean, we carried guns in the racks and the vehicles and yeah. I mean, that's like, like here yeah. in, in uh, Helena, they, you know, I hear about, you know, people in my generation, they're like, man, we used to have like the guns in the racks in our trucks. So we go to high school and we were done high school. We went hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Go bird hunting or, or deer yeah. hunting or whatever. They, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, the worst trouble I think she had was was a lot of the boys uh, in school would, um, and it, it would try to talk smack to her, and unfortunately, not know enough about what they're talking about, and she yeah. would call them, she would end up calling them out on it. So she had <laughs> she had a little bit of issue when 
you know, boys wanted to, and I can't even give you an example right now, but man, she'd come home in a, in a tough bit of a tizzy or whatever, multiple days because, you know, she got into it with some cocky little kid that, you know, just thought he knew firearms and stuff. And, you know, you know he said something about the 4440 and the 45 Colt or uh, one time it was like, uh, they don't make a 45 ACP in a revolver. What you're talking about is a 45 long coat. She's like, no, it's a no. 45 ACP and a revolver. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, just just stuff like that. It was, you know, that's the worst that ever happened. Thankfully, she was she could wear Smith and Wesson shirts and Ruger shirts and things like that to school. You know, uh, yeah. and and they never never caused a problem. Never was an issue, but. Um, yeah, it depends on where you're at, I think. Uh, and I think I think times have certainly everything is everything has gone downhill in that sense. I think a, a lot faster. I think as the the further it goes, the faster things move. Yeah. And over the course of the last good lord, what five six years anyway, um, it seems to accelerate really fast yeah it seems to be bad in a lot of different places i thankfully it has an effect life is pretty slow here so uh, it hasn't affected stuff around here too terribly much but you know it may just be a matter of time i don't know well it's like uh like out here in montana it depends on what city you're in depends on things like bozeman and missoula have been really fast growing cities where everybody came from the outside world and and grew those cities, and the politics have changed over in those cities. Here in Helena, through the, the the pandemic, we had explosive growth here because everything passed Helena, right? Because you know it's like the capital; it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no industry here. It's you know unless you're a government worker, there's really not much for jobs here. And then now everybody telecommuting came in because we have you know they have neighborhoods with fiber and stuff like that. Uh, the politics started changing a little bit. And we're starting to see that here. And, um, you know, I, was, I remember telling my wife, like, one of the problems we have here is that this is becoming what we moved away from. And it's like, where yeah. where do you go next? And it's that that's the tough part. And it's like, I don't want to go anywhere. Uh, first of all, with real estate prices, it's yeah. it's insane. It's insane to go somewhere else. Now, I like being, you know, whatever it is, 20, 25 miles from literally anywhere. You know, that's that's yeah. what you do. It's like if I got to go into town and put up with something that's into town for long enough to go into town, cool. But I, yeah, I'm out in the county, like you can't you can't do nothing like I can do whatever I want. And as long as it's not harming anybody else, like. And, yeah, and I like, mean harming, not like noise violation crap. You're right. Yeah. Like that's not harming somebody. Now, if I'm riddling bullet holes in the neighbor's roof, then that's a problem. But yeah, um, yeah. But I can scream and yell and shoot and play loud music and whatever chainsaw all hours of the night if I wanted to and whatever. There ain't nothing anybody can do about it. Yeah, we have uh, we have a lot of that here, but we're since the city is starting to creep out to us. Um, it's a lot of those freedoms go away, but really here, no one really cares. Yeah. Um, in, in general, no one really cares. I mean, 
my next door neighbor to the north of me, they're they're in the National Guard. They don't care. My my neighbor to the south yeah. of me here, he's he's a he's a mechanic. He's a he, like a heavy you know big diesel mechanic, right? Um, and he, he's barely ever here. He he actually likes that we tell him when something happens to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, across the street, I mean, all these neighbors that you know they they don't care. Yeah. Uh, so so the 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 beautiful thing here uh is you talk about the, and, and i go into other counties and i see exactly what you're talking about i see you know expansion uh and there's a there's a, a tyler texas which is a fairly big town uh north of here totally different county it's expanded i mean over the years it's expanded miles and miles outside of the original city limits um but here i think what keeps all of that in check here in this county is there is literally about 12 or 15 families that own the vast majority of land in the entire county. Yeah. And that land is not for sale and that land will never be for sale. They don't yeah. care who you are. Um, so um, I think you that's why you don't see a lot of expansion. The largest town in this county is 14, 15,000 people. The largest. Yeah. And the next largest to it is only about four or five thousand. So, yeah, uh, you see, very rural county, nice. and and there's there's a reason. The land is everybody's got the land bought. It's privately owned. It's locked down, and there's no there's no room for expansion. There really is not for yeah. municipalities anyway. See what they're what they're starting to do here. They're starting to learn the trick of the big cities here. Is they they keep raising the taxes on the land. Right. So, you know, just on the other side of, a, of the road from um, land, you know, my development said, <laughs> yeah. So it was like 300 acres that were for sale. And I remember when that went up for sale like 10 years ago, I'm like, that's going to suck one day. You know, that was all farmland. That's going to suck one day. Well, now they're building on it. There's like 500 acres uh, a couple of miles away that's now for sale. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's right across from the, from the golf course. Uh, I'm like, yeah. for first developer, I mean, that's, and they build up all around the golf yeah. course. You know, yep. now it's going to be when that thing sells, that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be insane. Yep. Yep. Well, um, I don't know that I'll see it, it could here. I don't know that I'll see it in my lifetime. I, I know, um, you know, the old family land type thing. It's what I was talking about. Um, you know, my generation and even the generation next, like my kids' generations, typically are like, it's not for sale. You're not getting the land, yeah. you know. Um, but you do, at a certain point, you can get so far removed from that type of mentality with your heirs, with your lineages, that they don't care. Like, yeah. how many times do you see, it drives, me up, it drives me up the wall. How many times do you see... And not so much on Antiques Roadshow, but shows like Pawn Stars especially are bad about yeah. this. Like, oh, you know, my grandfather passed away and we found this in the attic and it's worth, you know, $20,000. I'll give you 500 for it. Okay. You know, and yeah. you're like, dude, that was like your granddad's cool old whatever it was. Like, what, are, what, what in the world are you doing? There's a lot of people that don't care. They do not care. They have yeah. no understanding of sentiment or anything at all. And that's fine. Um, but when it comes to land, right. When it's like literally something they don't make no more, like, you know, they, yeah. you have to understand yeah. the value of, of, of having that land. 
uh, not having a trinket or a doodad that once belonged to a family member is one thing, but you know, that was, you know, your family's own little piece of this planet we call earth, right? It's like, it's, you just sold it. You just gave it up, you know, cause you live in some apartment in some town somewhere and you don't care. It's like, yeah, really? Yeah. That kills me because I mean, you get, when you get outside the Valley here, like up to the North, there's, uh, the Sieben ranch, um, which is, uh, Max Bacchus. He used to be a uh, Senator for the state of Montana. That's his family. Um, Chevalier Ranch, uh, Campbell Ranch, the Campbell family, you know, Campbell Soup family. Those, those are huge. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of acres yeah. of, of land and those will never be sold. And they, those families all have agreements with each other that if some family needs to sell a piece of the land, yeah, the neighboring ranch that it borders against will buy that land. Yeah, the same keep, thing happens here. They'll keep yeah. that land. They'll keep that land within those families. Same things happens here. Yeah, yeah. Same things happen here. The, the ones that own it. The only thing that shifts is the fence lines. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Pretty, pretty yeah, exactly. That's it. Like the yeah. fence will move ten acres over this way or ten acres over that way or something like. Or there'll be a new fence that goes up. Uh, well, but, I, yeah. You know, we've been we've been off road up in up in some of these ranches because they. Even though they're private ranches, they still allow, you know, hunting and stuff like on their ranch. The only thing they ask is, is that, you know, if a gate's open, leave it open. If it's gates closed, close it when you go through it. Right. Right. Um, You know, and then, you know, don't obviously don't shoot the cattle. Um, Right. Yeah. So clean up, clean uh, up after yourself. Don't burn the woods down. Just common sense stuff. Yeah. That's pretty So. Yeah, and, you don't have a lot of that around here. Around here, people take their land ownership pretty darn seriously. So if you're, if you're going to well, be yeah. on it hunting or whatever, you better have expressed a good permission. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, th- you know, those ranchers are kind of the exceptions to the rule just because they're so damn big. Yeah, right? that's cool, though. Yeah, um, you know, other ranches are, yeah, you, yeah you, don't, you don't cross them. Right. You, yeah. know, you, you don't go over them. There, there's been problems where with, um, you know, fishermen trying to get to the streams here. You know, you can't cross someone's land to get to the stream. Right. Um, it, there, there are things like that. It, but, yeah, it's you get those families that are just like. This is it. This is this is the homestead. Nothing's ever going to change here. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. It's 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 nice to see those um, those still exist. Like you know, I, you know, there's land, Montana. You know, Montana is a pretty big damn state. Um, you go out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, you still can't buy land because mm-hmm. those ranches are not selling land. Right. So like, no, this is this is our ranch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's that way here. I mean, it, at one point. And it's still pretty cheap to get land here and to live here and the cost of living and a lot of other stuff, right? Um, I often refer to this just because of the location, like as the armpit of Texas. But, um, but it's it's not as cheap as it once was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, I can remember, you know, a hundred, two hundred dollars an acre. You know, in my lifetime, yeah. right? And I'm not talking about even, um, even too terribly long ago. Maybe in the '90s, 
even. Yeah. Um, right. I can remember like a few hundred bucks an acre. And now even here, it's a few thousand. Sweet. And even if you're buying 10,000 acres or a thousand acres or whatever, and typically the more you bought once upon a time, the cheaper it was. And it almost seems like now the more you buy, the more expensive it is. It's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, I, I don't get the whole land thing. Cause I remember, uh, when we lived here, we, we first moved to Montana in 2000. Um, there was a land deal between, uh, if, I guess it was about 2003. Um, this happened. It was a land deal that, uh, our Lieutenant governor who was then governor, uh, it can't, you know, it came out that, um, she had, she had. She had bought some land from their ranch down in Butte from Arco, you know, the oil company. And it was like $300 an acre that, that they had bought it. And then wow. the only reason why we knew this is because it came out that, well, she had bought this land and then magically the exact same price for the land ended up into her re-election fund. <laughs> so, so it came out exactly how much this land was actually hey, worth. That worked. Right? It's, yeah. it's always funny when you start hearing about these little, you know, shady know. deals, and then you start learning about what, what land is worth. Yeah. Um, but, so, now, you also did, um, you did a lot with youth shooting sports, right? It's it for a decade or better. Lord, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Especially with the youngest one. So, uh, see, she graduated, still in the program. So, yeah, yeah it was going to be a decade or longer. Um, got drug into that, man, being uh, the known gun guy around, basically. Uh, I got a call one cold. day. Yeah. Uh, I got a call one day, and uh, I didn't even know anything about 4-H, to be honest. I'm hardcore 4-H now. Like, uh you know, I'll talk to anybody about it and, and, uh, you know, how good things can be and the good things that can come out of it and everything else. But, you know, I was always into FFA growing up and was under the assumption that like 4-H was goats and pigs and rabbits and stuff. And yeah, so I got a call one day and ironically enough, I was at the gun shop when I got the call and it was, uh, a friend of mine, he is, I think he was just like a patrol officer at the time. Uh, I think he's ended up at this point even becoming chief maybe for a little while. Heck, I don't remember. But uh, definitely like an investigator or something level, but detective or whatever. But anyway, uh, get a call. And he says, hey, man, said, um, you interested in starting a shooting sports club? And I'm like, maybe. Like, what What are we talking about? And he's he had a son that was little bit younger than my daughter and it well he had a daughter that was maybe a year younger and then a son a few years that's what it was but anyway he said yeah he said uh, i was talking with the uh, agriculture extension agents agent by happenstance and he mentioned that you know we've never had one in this county and blah blah blah, blah. and he's like you know i know that you know you're know a lot about guns you're connected you have a lot of things that we could use to maybe to get started and all this other stuff your, your youngest daughter is really big into it i'm like all right so went down and had a meeting and you know one thing leads to another and um 
you know, here I am, not just a uh, shooting sports club manager, but instructor for the state of Texas and various disciplines and and all kinds of stuff. And youngest daughter the same way, junior uh, instructor uh, in every discipline they offered and that sort of stuff. Of course, you know, she tagged along with me for the most part to do that, but um, but it was something she wanted to do. And, um, yeah, I built the club up. I mean, we were maybe between two, 300 kids at one time, but like the high wow. point in the club. So, uh, and then offered, that's a, that's uh, a lot of shooting going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we did a rather unique range day, uh, every other Sunday. And then we had specialized competition practices and other things that was, you know, in the, in the interim time or whatever you want to call it but i think it was every other sunday every other sunday after basically after church um had uh archery pistol rifle shotgun and muzzle loading so all basically all five disciplines uh of shooting sports uh on one range at one time so wow uh <laughs> we had a lot of volunteers had a lot of parents that became coaches had a lot you know uh to, to pull that off um but yeah it really opened my eyes to um to 4-h because it's it's really starting a club in 4-h is it's as simple as having an adult and it really needs to be a parent or grandparent honestly family member um but you know having somebody that wants to start a club uh that's passionate about a particular subject and has Basically, a few kids from a couple of different families willing to join said club, right? Uh, and you can go down to your agricultural extension office and literally start up whatever kind of club you want. Uh, that could be trap and skeet. That could be all types of shooting sports. It could be sewing. It could be cooking. It could be robotics. It could be computers. It could be 3D printing nowadays. Uh, yeah. you, you name it, like whatever, that's the cool thing about 4-H. And like I said, back in the day, I was blinded. I was just like, okay, it's kind of like FFA, except for they don't have the welding and stuff, right? It's, <laughs> it's animal husbandry or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, 4-H is literally whatever you want to do. Um, as long as you got enough people together that want to do it and decide to start a club, there you go. It's that simple. So really cool. Because it's so funny because, you know, my my neighbor to the west of me there, they have four acres. So I remember, you know, we've been in this house 17 years. So we've seen their kids grow up, graduate, and have kids, right? Um, so we remember, we could always tell when 4-H time was around because there's goats. In the, or, uh, no, they have goats now. Um, that's the grandkids now. Um, but they'd have cows, um, horses, and all that stuff. and that's the thing that was we loved. We 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 absolutely loved it um, having the animals. But it's so funny because when I met you and started learning about the other side of 4-H, it's yeah. beyond the whole you know raising it you know raising a pig, and they had pigs too. Raising a pig and getting your pig sold, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could do it all. About, like like you could be a yeah. member of multiple clubs. Like that's the cool thing is like they didn't no club in the county really competed with another to speak of like, and you could be a member of the robotics and a member of the rabbits and a member of the shooting sports and a, you know, 
Like you could be a member of multiple clubs if you wanted to do multiple things. So um, it means just means there's a lot of things to do to keep kids busy, right? Uh, yeah. idle, idle hands are the devil's play toy, so they say. Uh, yeah. Now, for parents that have to truck their kiddos back and <laughs> kids forth all around, around <laughs> like, it kind of sucks. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I was so glad when when my youngest one uh, was able to uh, was able to start driving, uh, and she actually would go around, which was really kind of cool. She would go around and pick up some of the kiddos that that uh, their parents were working, or they didn't have a ride, or whatever yeah um so yeah and she did get pulled over one time with a uh what liberal media would describe as an arsenal anyway uh in the trunk <laughs> in the trunk of the car and in the back seat um but of course she got pulled over and you know they they quickly figured out who she was and and mind yeah. you she's underage um uh, with 20 30 god only knows how many firearms all in cases of course and ammo was separate and it was obvious well, being transported it, right it yeah. was obvious what the what the deal was she was carting that to the range but um i don't remember i was i was out of town at a training or something was going on and and i mean she had to it wasn't any other choice but um but yeah okay weapons in the car well <laughs> <laughs> just a few just a few <laughs> And of course, yeah. you know, it's, it's like I said, the area and the you know, law enforcement here, they, they figured it out real quick. What a big deal. And it was something silly, like a tail light or a whatever that she got pulled over for anyway. So, yeah, you know, that's funny. Cause yeah, it's, I think about that. Uh, you know, I go back to, you know, when I was in uh, high school and stuff, we, you know, I was living in Maryland Um but I'd go up to the Poconos in Pennsylvania to go up on the, um, my uncle had land up there. And yeah, this is the, this is the land that you know, I was a Cub Scout. I learned how to, you know, to camp on. We, we used to hunt when we were kids and stuff like that. And I think about the times where I'm going across, you know, multiple state lines to get there with how many guns you're talking about that. I'm like, yeah, I would be under 21 at the time. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, holy crap, if I'd gotten pulled over, you know, what what would have happened? Because, you know, in Maryland, you were only allowed to drive to the range and back. You couldn't stop. You know, that was their, their laws at the time. God knows what they are now. And now I'm crossing over a state line into Delaware. Uh, Delaware was not the the gun hellhole, you know, the, the anti-gun hellhole it is today. Right. Um, you know, then into Pennsylvania going up, you know, this was all relatively gun friendly states. But, yeah, I just think about depending on where I would have gotten pulled over in that four or five hour trip, it, it would have been a completely different story yeah. of how it would have ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a different world here, man. Like here, unless you're doing something wrong. Right, unless you're like seriously breaking a law or something. Now, don't get me wrong; it's not as lax and laid back as it was like when I was in high school. Like we literally would be, you know, we could be drinking on the courthouse square, yeah. and you know, they'd be like, "Are y'all are y'all drinking?" And they're like, "Are you driving?" And they're like, "No, so and so's not drinking," you know. And they're like, "Yeah, well, get it off the courthouse square." You know, yeah, like that was it, like literally, or 
you know, it'd be some deal where we would be having a, I can remember some parties that were insane. Um, and out in the County, of course, uh, behind a, not a lock gate, but a gate that had a chain and a latch around it. So, I mean, you had to get out and yeah, you know, close the gate back and that kind of stuff. But I can remember, um, being out there and you had, you know, the bonfire going and the you know, double wide trailer, obviously, but you had the bonfire yep. going back, <laughs> back there and everybody had pickups backed up and you'd be picking guitar and drinking and carrying on and whatever. Then there'd be people in the house, maybe watching a football game, drinking, and there'd be some folks in the back partaking of a little bit of uh, smoke or something, you know, yep. uh, in the back, everybody kind of doing their own thing. I mean, multiple that's what was kind of weird back in the day is, is nowadays it seems like there's so much separation in school and yeah. everybody's little clicks. And it was weird. Cause it'd be like three or four clicks all at the same party. Now yeah. they were kind of all in their own thing, but you could migrate amongst them all if you wanted. But anyway, yeah. I can remember being out there and, uh, somebody like sheriff department's here, you know, and you know, walk out there, you know, and, and meet them at the, at the, end of the drive you know they've opened the gate and they've come in and all and they're like had some reports you know there was a fire out here and it's like, it's like i figured you know this was a get together we were just checking it's like you know well, y'all kids you know y'all kids all right like ain't nobody doing anything crazy are they and it's like, no, it's like, anybody leaving and they're like no sir like we're all you know sleeping in the we're trucks here. bed of the trucks or yeah. whatever you know He's like, all right. He said, uh, you get caught on the road. You know what happens, you know, and turn around and leave, you know. Like, yeah. As long as nobody's causing any trouble for anybody else or whatever, like that. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and, and that was, I, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's good in a way. Uh, it's something that's lacking a lot. Now there wants to be this ultimate authority and ultimate control, but you know, when you, when you give younger people at least some lead way and able to make decisions and they're yeah. easier to, it's easier to understand like, Hey, going out and having a good time and drinking and whatever, like that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a responsible way to do it, you know? Right. And they were there just to, like I said, not to say, don't drink, you're underage. You shouldn't be drinking in the moral high. They weren't there. They weren't the moral police. They were there to go, Hey, you make a bad decision to drink and then get out of the road and drive, you're screwed. We got you, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and so it was a much different situation back then. And, and I don't know, I, to, to an extent, I think we could benefit from, I call it like the Andy Griffith approach. Right. And, and um, sadly, you know, kind of like speaking about the teacher thing earlier, sadly, we got a lot of law enforcement officers that, that they get into law enforcement for the wrong reasons. It's not for their community. A lot of them aren't even members of their community. Uh, I know quite a few that live a county over the, you know, a county yeah. away or whatever, you know, and it's like, you know, I think we need, when you're talking about law enforcement, I think law enforcement for the most part, law and especially the street, uh, and maybe even detectives, because I think the detectives make their job easier if they knew the people in their community. But, um, you know, needs to be uh, 
just more of a connection, I think. It would help them do their job easier. There would be a lot better trust if you grew up with those yeah. people or knew their mom or knew their kids or whatever the case may be. I think it could make that their job's a little easier, and I think it also could uh, uh, could curb some of the, the animosity, right, the hate that we, we get sometimes for law enforcement as a whole. But, um yeah, unfortunately, they're they're yeah. not all that you know. I, it's we've got a culture now where it's not that way. Seems yeah, like. no, it, it's not, and that's and it's sad that it has to be that it's it's they they've gone from peace officers to authoritarians, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm saying. Now, and that's and and that's an overgeneralization. I mean, you know, when I was an FFL, uh, I I had cops as uh, and even some federal agents that were were my customers, and they're they're very much just very relaxed people. They you know, just basically, yeah. you know, they're like, don't be an a-hole. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we had one cop here. I mean, he, he moved, uh, he moved from California to here. And, you know, when he's doing traffic stops, you have a gun in the car. It's Montana. Everybody's got a gun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then he was harassing you know the citizens yeah. for having a gun and and finally the sheriff's department got enough complaints about this one officer yeah it, and the you other know, sheriff's like man you got to chill out yeah. you can't be harassing people because first of all there's not a duty to inform here yeah um second of all as long as you're outside the city limits it's pretty much game on right i mean you yeah. do whatever do whatever you want yeah, yeah. um so eventually, eventually he moved on. But yeah, it's yeah. it's like you, you gotta you gotta understand this is different. This is different here. Um, I was this is... I was outside uh, outside the area one time, and I got pulled over. And this fool didn't even say like firearm or gun. He said weapons. Yeah. Said, Do you have any weapons? And I'm like, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> He's like, was that funny? And I'm like, a, a little bit. He's like why is it funny and i'm like what do you call a weapon like yeah there's, it, yeah there's a pipe in the bed of the truck i'm sure <laughs> and a tire iron and there may be a baseball bat back there um i've got a machete i've got some knives yeah. uh, there's a couple of rifles and a shotgun in here there you know and then he he started laughing and you know he's like it's like, oh, I just meant like, you know, more I meant guns. So, well, you need to say guns or firearms. Yeah. You know? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. He said, well, as long as you keep, you know, keep your hands where I can see them and just that, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, not a problem. I, you know, that's like, you know, you don't look like a deer. You don't look like a duck or a deer to me. I think you're going to yeah, be okay. Right? <laughs> and again, he laughed again. And, you know, was, I don't know. It was a warning for some, something. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, and then I had, had another time it was actually in the county and this was a this was a highway patrol and he was new he was new to the county first time we had met and uh it's funny because on one of the little farm to market roads from here to to the larger town that i talked about earlier that's that's you know 14 15,000 people it's a two-lane road very curvy a lot of hills like if you meet a highway patrol on that road just and you're speeding just speed faster because there's no way they can slow down they can't and catch possibly yeah. catch you. And even if they thought they could, there's so many county roads that jut off of it that 
you're gone. By the time yeah. they get turned around, you could be on any county road anywhere. Like there's no 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 point in them even trying to enforce traffic there, right? Uh, yeah. The only chance they got is if for some reason they're facing the direction you're going, right? Yeah. Um, pulling out of a driveway maybe or something like that, like or out off of a county road onto that far in the market and you pass. That's the only way they've got a chance. But anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm screaming down through there and I'm speeding. It was at the time it was a 55 and I think I was I was probably running 65. And um, I uh, uh, come over a, a hill and highway patrol and of course he flashed his he flashed his lights and I just I just waved and because I knew them all. I yeah. literally knew all the highway patrol that worked the county. And I thought, I, and there was this big, long curve, and it was probably two miles before there was any kind of place to even pull over. And so once he flashed his lights and he went on over the hill, because we kind of passed yeah. on top of that hill, um, I kind of slowed up, and I thought I was thinking, well, I'll pull over. It's somebody, right? And they want something, because, like, there's no cell service on that road at all. Yeah. This was years ago before before there was probably even cell phones anyway. But um, they, um, I thought they want something, right? They want to ask me a question or a, just whatever, just want to talk, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll pull over. So I pulled over and I'm sitting there for a couple of minutes. It took that long, right, for him to find a place and get turned around. And I immediately, uh, and I'm standing outside the truck, right? And I'm just kind of leaned up on the bed. And he comes around the little old curb there. It was a, a big curb, but it's not a sharp one. And, uh, and he's driving fast, man. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap. Like, lights are going. And I'm like, this is not somebody I know. Holy crap. This is not a social visit. Holy crap. And he's like, <laughs> slings gravel and pulls up in there. Man, he jumps out. And he goes, why'd you, why'd you get out of the truck? And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, I'm like, he's like, uh, you know, uh, you, you should you should remain in your vehicle. I said, if you'll give me a minute to explain. <laughs> I said, I said, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're here temporarily. I don't know if you're passing through. But I know blah, 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 right? Yeah. When you flashed, I thought it was one of them. And they wanted me to stop to talk or tell me something yeah. or whatever. And he's like, Oh, and, uh, he's like, uh, well, uh, no, he said, I flashed cause you were speeding. I'm like, okay, man. I said, oh, I may be a lot of people spent, you know, I wasn't paying any attention. Yeah. I said, yeah, maybe he got license insurance. I'm, yeah. You know, here. And, uh, anyway, uh, he walks, of course, walks around the truck and he goes, uh, and I had, it was funny as they all get out. He had the, uh, I had my high point carbine, which is in a, this is, I hadn't had it long. It was a 995, very first uh, release of those, or you could get the stock for them. And that's the only one you can get the stock for. It looks kind of like the bread of storm. And so it's just in the front seat, literally in the front seat. And so, and there's, I just come from my buddy's house shooting and I had probably 20 or 30 guns in the back seat. Uh, of course the windows were tinted on the back of the truck. So 
couldn't really see it back there, but that one was in the was literally in the front seat. He come back around. He said, uh, he he said, uh, what kind of still have my license in in insurance? He said, what kind of AR fifteen is that? And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, <laughs> you don't. In the front seat, he said, you got a rifle in the front seat. I said, yeah, I've got a a carbine in the front seat. Yeah. He says, what kind of AR-15 is that? I've never seen one like that. I'm like, well, it's because it's not an AR-15. He's like, oh, really? And uh, so anyway, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, just so you know, I said, there's 20 or 30 guns in the truck. I said, coming back from my, (laughs) my buddy's house, blah, blah, you know. And we were shooting and, you know, having fun and whatever. So anyway, um, he's like, uh, all right. He said, uh, just, just hang, hang tight there for a minute. So it goes back to the car and, you know, I can see him. He's on the radio, whatever, you know, and I'm sure he called, he radioed and got somebody that I, I knew, Yeah, you know, and they're like, yeah, he's got guns all the time. Like, we know who he is, whatever. So he gets back out and he has me. He says, uh, he says, uh, yeah, here's this back. He said, yeah, he said, uh, just, uh, just, you know, drive, you know, don't, don't drive too fast. You know, blah, 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 the, the standard line they give you, you know. Yeah. And he's like, you mind if I take a look at that? <laughs> it's it's yeah. gun show time, right? I'm like, I, I'm like, no, he's like, I'm not holding you up. And I'm like, dude, I pulled over because I thought you were somebody else who was wanting to talk. Like, yeah. so, no. And dude, we sat there on the side of the road and he looked at every single gun in the truck he wanted to see and he wanted to talk about it. What is this? And and it was kind of sad because other than like his uh uh at the time they were still carrying mini fourteens, I believe. So other than his mini fourteen and his SIG, like uh, he this dude had no clue about guns. He had no clue. He was a transplant, I'm think guessing from another district or something. Um but yeah, he had no clue, but that was, that was hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that it's that AR-15, that like if you mistake a high point carbine for AR-15. For an AR-15, like, yeah. You need to watch more gun videos on YouTube or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we've been rolling to just a little over an hour here. Um start wrapping up where can people find you and for everybody either watching and listening we'll have wow. the links down below but uh how can people find you how am i quick man good lord i know right so we were just getting started um <laughs> so the website honestly clovertack.com with all the different things that i do uh i'm in a lull right now on the uh on the podcast i've i've got to where instead of doing like a lot of you do uh like like you do them all year long, you know, whatever regular thing. I like to break mine into seasons, uh, yep. early season, late season. Um, so basically summertime and winter time uh, are uh, catch up on produced videos and, and things like that. Um, so the early seasons, what I'm saying is over. People can, of course, check out the replays on that. And new season of that will start probably in September of this year so uh but yeah all the stuff of facebook instagram the alternative platforms the podcast platforms the youtube the swag store the affiliate links and codes and blogs and articles and whatever else i don't even know 
uh, over there on the website, clovertech.com. So that's the easiest way to do awesome. it. And, and like I said before, everybody will have the link down below. So that way you can get over and trust me, you're going to want to watch Clover's stuff. It's, it, it's, he's got some great content. It um, depends on what you like, but yeah. <laughs> it does. It depends on what you like, but it, it's, it's fun. It, it's so funny because, uh, you know, gosh, well, we've known each other three or four years now. Yeah, been a few um, years. Yeah. And it's so funny just seeing, like, if for everybody in the audience, he, he shoots at his house. His range is yeah. at his house. True. And it's so funny just seeing how your range at your house has grown up over the years through the videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mostly sitting at a picnic table now. I'm like, yeah. yeah. But uh, I did get to some tables from uh, MTM Case Guard. MTM. Yep. Uh, got their uh, Predator table, I think they call it, and at uh, HLST or whatever, the uh, portable table. So, um those save me from having to find a picnic table for the 75 yards. I've only got 75 yards here and then I got to go elsewhere on the property for shotgunning or, you know, anything longer range. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the range needs some work. You'll notice that I don't really film the backstop that angle very much. Yeah. Um, lumber got expensive and there's yeah. like eight or 10 sheets of OSB on the backstop, the target board. And that's when that stuff was $40, $50 a sheet. It needed to be replaced then. Um, but I, mm -mm, nope, ain't paying it. Yeah. Uh, those prices yeah. have come down, but now I got to find, the, now I got to find yeah. the time. I don't know. They're still not bad. I think it was around 10 or 12 last time I looked. Wow. Uh, but Is I that... also need some four by four post and I need some, yeah. <laughs> I need a lot of other stuff now. Well, other well, stuff has it... rotted and, and fell apart since then. So, well, yeah. Range maintenance is it, it, range maintenance is a lot of work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, the yeah. the one club that I belong here, uh, they they just had range cleanup day. Uh -huh. uh, they have range cleanup day twice twice a year, um, and it's basically everybody comes and you know it's new it's new backer boards, uh, yeah. you know, and all that stuff, and it's it's a ton of work. Yeah, money and then the work. And it's yeah. mostly the work. I wish I could find somebody. That was reasonable enough just to pay to have it to have it done, but you know, I don't know. Eventually, I'll get it done, and uh, yeah, but it, it's like everything; it'll eventually get a priority. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it could be worse. I could have to go to a range, you know, travel or pay range fees or do other things. So, you know, uh, yeah. until it gets fixed, I'll just shoot film. Let's yeah. just say I don't want to say shoot because. That could mean something else, but I can film from different yeah. angles and things like that. Be all right. So, so we'll cool. wrap up. What I'd like to do is wrap up with a speed round. Oh, It'll Lord. For this or that questions. And I laugh because I say it's a speed round and sometimes the podcast goes on for another half hour. Uh, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I'll try, I'll so try to make it a speed round. Four this or that questions, and then one thinking question at the end. Oh, uh, well, I'm probably out on that one, but we'll try. We'll try. So, hearing protection, earplugs or earmuffs? Plugs. 22 long rifle or 9 millimeter? Oh, no contest. 22 long rifle. Yeah, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. It's, that was it's, easy. It's one of the things is, I, I know you, so I know where you're going to go with a lot of yeah. these questions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So lever action or pump action? Oh, lever action. 
and let's see here. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with one that that I that you wouldn't normally get. Um, ah, okay. It's a, it's a hard one because again, I know you so much. Um, let's go with this. Would you rather reload ammunition or clean gun? Reload ammunition. All right. So, for your thinking question, I'm going to take you back to January. Mm. So it's it's Friday of Shot Show. It's the last day of Shot Show, and okay. I go, Chris, you can have one of any gun at Shot Show. Wow. It's yours. You can have it. Which which gun at Shot Show would you take? Oh, man. Hmm. Hmm. Man, that that does require some thinking because I got to yeah. think. Okay, like what did I see at <laughs> Shot Show? So, I'm thinking, especially with the popularity right now of that Gerson MC14T. Oh, so yeah. I think that thing has flat blown up as far as interest. Uh, yeah. I was privy to be able to see the a prototype version at Shot Show. So at Shot, yeah. Given I could yeah. take anything home from Shot Show, I would take the prototype version, probably of that MC14T, and legit, literally months and months ahead of time, be the first ber person with with videos yeah. and being able to shoot it. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, cool. well, it's funny because you know the, that 14T is based off of the uh, the cheetah, the bread the cheetah frame, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, and I know you, I know you have a cheetah that in my carry road, your, in my carry rotation, carry rotation. Yeah. 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 So that, that may get, that may get replaced by the MC 14 T. I mean, yeah. Uh, I know I, yeah, I've been hit. I've, it, it's funny. Cause I remember, uh, being in the Beretta booth, uh, looking at the new cheetah mm -hmm. and then, you know, um, EAA was right across from Beretta. And I remember walking out of, out of the Beretta booth and walking right up the chase from EAA going you when are you guys going to come out with a cheetah and he just got he just got that <laughs> smile right and i'm like oh crap you already got it right and he's like he, he just smiles even harder and i'm just like and then you know he was on the pod uh, podcast about a month ago and yeah. that's when i found found out that a select few got to see that that mc14 they had on they had on wrapped like, up locked up in the back yeah, yeah they did yeah and i'm just like yeah. damn uh but yeah, that's that's a gun. Uh, I'll be honest with you. That's a gun that I'm 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 very much watching. watching so that. so I like the I like my eighty four. I mean, first of all, I like a three eighty, um, especially after I got the lock grips on it. That thing was yeah. horrible to shoot. I'm not gonna lie, it was horrible to shoot with those goofy rubber plastic whatever it is yeah. stock grips. It sucked uh, because it's snappy. It is snappy. You wouldn't yeah, it think is. it would be that snappy. But once I got those lock grips on there, the the texture was aggressive enough that it killed a lot of that rock, you know. Yeah. Um. But the slide is the slide is hard, fairly hard to rack, and and it's gonna yeah, be on something is. like that. Those are notorious for it. Um. And, you know, I just there's something about that MC14T that I think the trigger is better. Yeah. Um, because at NRA you got to see some production models at yep. NRA, right? So, um, I think the trigger is going to be better. Double in single action is going to be better than that. Um, and so while I don't, Berettas are the name. Berettas, they're going to increase in value. You know what I mean? Like 
I'd much rather if something gets stolen or God forbid I use it. And again, we've been talking about, I live in a great area that I, I don't yeah. think that's going to be a problem that it gets uh, taken into evidence or something crazy like that. But, you know, um, I would much rather that happen to a Gerson than a Beretta. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so while I don't really need required, at least now, thank, uh, thank goodness, uh, the tip up barrel or the little loader or the features yeah. that it does have that are awesome. Um, it's like, why not get it, replace the 84, right? Um, no, I get it. And there's other reasons to replace it. And then I've got those features if I ever needed them. Like, could those come in handy if you, you know, if you had to try to reload chamber one, clear malfunction, do something one-handed or yeah, whatever, you know, uh, maybe. That's the thing. That's the thing, you know. When I was in FFL, I used to I used to buy the surplus uh, cheetahs, the eighty fours and the eighty fives, right? And I used to rehab them, refinish them, and resell them. And through that, the reason why I got into that is, is my wife. She she loves the cheetah. She carries an eighty five cheetah, which is the single stack. Yeah. Um, and those those recoil springs of those cheetahs are just tight. I mean, yeah. it's. If they're yeah. they're tight. It's it's almost like you want to take that rear sight and then table rack the damn thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where I love that tip up barrel idea because when you tip that barrel up, put the put the round in, put it down, it cocks the gun. And I'm like, that is freaking awesome. Yep. Yep. But yeah, and you know you can go double action or single action. You don't have to run yep. with the hammer back but i mean you've got the safety if that's what you want to do if you want to go locked and cocked you can if you want to put the hammer down and throw the safety on you can uh go straight up double action i mean you've got like i said that's what i said over the beretta it's like it's got all the perks of the beretta except for like the name uh, except for the got, price tag and the price <laughs> tag true um it's got all the perks of the beretta with a bunch of other potential you know on top yeah. of it so uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, you know, they they sort of changed the industry a little bit, I think, with the with the regards back when they they yes. did those. And of course, they've done some cool stuff with the 1911s. The 2311 witnesses are are coming out soon, hopefully, with the issues that they've been going through with them. Thank you, ATF, by the way. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be. There's still people that you see they're they're talking about the regard which is the red 92 copy and i think the mc14t i think two three years from now it's going to be the same be. buzz that you're hearing now i mean it's going to be like that regard it's it's still going to be a relevant firearm so yeah 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 there you awesome. go there's your 30 minutes on the lightning round there's your, 30, there's your 30 minutes yeah so. i tell you it, it always gets it it always gets it at the end there but man thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today yeah you bet man as I said in the podcast, Chris is one of the very few people that I call friends. He's an amazing guy. He's got some great content. Definitely go check out his channel. You're not going to be disappointed with the stuff he's got there. Now for the product of the podcast, it is the AccuPunch Master Set from Real Avid. I love this thing. This is an amazing product. And I got a new video series I'm working on. Sorry, can't let you in on it. But it's amazing. And um, yeah, I use these punches. And what I love about them is look at this. They'll stand upright for you and they'll even stand on an angle. And they're all marked right here. So you, 
when you're looking for that punch, it's just it's just there. It's easy to grab, and they're really good punches. I do like these things. Go check them out. I have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. It is about gunsmith punches and go through what the different punches are and when you use them. If you're watching on something else or listening somewhere else, click the link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon.